when you, when you come to the end of the word, <clears throat> or when you come to the end of the words we're on, just push this button. It's all you have to do. Got it? Okay. See if you can do that for me. Thank you. All right, let's sing along and feel free to share your uh, testimonies, prayer requests, whatever the Lord lays in your heart in between these songs. So the DAV, uh, I called them up, and he said it could take me. And then I got a call from them the day before my appointment, or two days before my appointment, and they said it couldn't take me. So there's a VA center down downtown Greeley, 
and I went to talk to the, them, my predicament, but it, lo and behold, they had a client that was, uh, that they was uh, uh, helping, and he heard my plight, he uh, volunteered to take me up there to my appointment, and I didn't expect, he was sitting there to get service from him, and and he hear, heard when I was talking to the uh, a clerk, or whatever you want to call him, and he said, I'll take you. And I thought, wow, miracle happened. Otherwise, I didn't know what to do. And I'm not going to walk to Cheyenne. But, <laughs> but you God do it, does. Steve. What's that? You could do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but God does miracles, even though we fret at times. And it doesn't always go the way you think. But it shows the miracle of God in our lives. And I just thought I'd share that because I got uh, excited about it. Thank you. The moon and stars they wept, the morning sun was dead, the Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, His blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon Him. One final breath He gave, as heaven
do you know he's alive this morning? Amen. Amen. That is for sure. That is one way we know he lives because, in, especially in, in times of loss and in times of, of grief, there is no uh, human uh, reasoning through these things. Oh, yeah, you can, I mean, you can go to whatever, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you want to do and maybe work through things, but God is the only one that can take that sting away and uh, it proves his superiority and his victory over death. Thank you, Papa.
often we hear, whether it's uh, churches or anywhere else, there's you hear a lot. You hear a lot of Jesus, but you don't hear that much of only Jesus. It's often Jesus and something else. Jesus and something that I can still do to uh, help him out. Jesus and I still want to serve the pleasures of this world. Jesus and I want all the money I can get. But how many of us can say it's Jesus, only Jesus? Uh, It's something I'm sure we all need to continue to perfect in our lives, but let's make that our goal. Jesus and nothing else. Yes, Tim. Want to give him the mic there, Phil? First, I, I, I want to read this. I don't know if you'll like it. It would be a good way to start. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He, he lets me. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Um, <clears throat> I, I just thought I'd start with that just to share, you know, like stuff that's uh, past while has been going on with me um, is uh, like I had my heart thing and, and, and you guys prayed and anointed with oil and I believe that made all the difference for that because the way that turned out is uh, well I didn't know anything was wrong for quite a while and tired a lot um, but I went in and they they did the probably the least thing they could do and fix that stopped my heart and started it again um, and, and I just thought well it looks like I'm, I'm uh, worn out, <laughs> but uh, uh, so even after that, things weren't so good. Uh, so I I was not sure if it worked, but I did feel better. And then uh, I decided I should go back to the doctor again and, and uh, um, the family clinic over here. Um, and he gave me a tiny little pill, which the other time I went in, I only had to take two pills, a blood thinner and something else. Uh, but I, I, I didn't have to have those anymore. So I went to this guy. He wasn't a specialist, but he, he said, Here, here's another one. I actually have uh, tremors, too. So he said, this pill will help with that, too, and it does. Uh, but... Uh, I just want to give God the glory because um, it's almost like nothing's happened the way I feel now. Um, and on top of that, um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I've been going through a really dark time for a while, and, and I believe that's a result of my own um, um, <clears throat> problems in my own relationship with God. And, but I, I couldn't fix it. Um, I, I wanted to. And, and sometimes we're 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 weak, and I mean a lot of times we're just weak, and and we're not perfect. Um, but uh, God, uh, that part of my life is is came gotten better, and I believe that open. You know, if there's any anything between that holds you between you and God. That uh, you'll you'll uh, suffer you'll suffer for it uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, and, and sometimes it's unforgiveness, or it could be just you know, uh, well, uh, other things. God sees our heart. You know, we can fool everybody else and put on a happy face, but He knows us. And he, and, he he sees all the ugly, and he still cares about us. Uh, but he, and he still loves us so much. But uh, uh, I guess uh, another thing is uh, I like your prayers for my son. He he's recently had some medical problems. Um, they, he went to the doctor and he has a pain in his side. They don't know, and he's usually uh, doesn't complain very much. So it must be something kind of bad. So your prayers for him and my daughter uh, Shawnee, who's in jail. Um, she, it's a good place for her right now. Because, um, well, I just heard yesterday a little gal she grew up with died of an overdose. And that family, so prayer for them. Uh, they've lost two children because of uh, drugs. But I, I just want to uh, wrap it all up by saying um, uh, God is a refuge. And, and I don't know, that's pretty awesome all the time. Um so I'll, I'll, I'll end it with a prayer. Dear, dear Lord, we just thank you for this church and everyone here. Thank you, Father, for uh, loving us and giving us such a great salvation. Um, Lord, we don't deserve it. But uh, uh, so many promises and your goodness lasts forever. Uh, I just pray, Lord, for my son. You help him to feel better. And I pray for anyone here, Lord, that's struggling or or um, just need need your touch or in their family that you'd touch them and bless them. And, Lord, be with Shawnee and help her, protect her. And, God, just thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen, Father. We continue to pray. And we just lift up our brother Tim before you, Lord. You're a faithful shepherd. You are our shepherd. 
we shall not want. We shall not lack anything, Lord, when we come to you. We don't walk away hungry and thirsty. We're satisfied. So I pray that you would continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon him and fill him with your love, your joy, and your peace. Shepherd our souls, Lord. You know how to guide us into the paths of righteousness for your namesake. So we thank you for him and bless him. I pray that you would bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a scripture that came to my mind as Tim was sharing was in Luke. In Luke chapter 1, this is a prophecy of Zacharias to uh, John the Baptist when um, he was prophesying that he was going to be born. He says, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercies of our God. That's it. It's the only reason. Not that I can do anything to earn that. Just because he's merciful. With which the sunrise from on high shall visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen.
you to come just as you as you are, and just as the as what I talked about a little bit with the song "Only Jesus." So much, so often we try to add to that, and so often when we come to Him, we try to come giving at least a little something good, a little something worthwhile. But the truth is. We have nothing. Scripture says all our righteousness, anything good that we can do, is as filthy rags. It's just as dirt. It's ultimately worthless. He wants us to come to him as we are and allow him to make that transformation. He doesn't want us to try to transform ourselves before coming to him. There's probably more self-help books in this world than what I could possibly count. And, and that's not to say that there isn't good information in some of them. But ultimately, all the self-help in the world isn't going to do you a bit of good without coming to Jesus as you are. Just as I
thank you, Father, that we have that privilege, that invitation to come just as we are. And I pray, Father, that that would be a reality in each one of our hearts here this morning. And for anyone here seeking, anyone that has listened to the lie that we need to clean up our act first or that we need to bring something of worth before we come to you, I pray, Father, that you would speak to that heart this morning, saying, come, just as you are. I pray that that would be our reality each and every day. To come to you, to lean on you for who you are and for what you have done. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I think we have a kid's lesson. Thank you, Lucas. You did a great job with that. Phil, I think you're up. Kids. So, it seems like the Lord has a truth that he often shares in his word, and sometimes he shares it different ways with us. So, this is one way that the Lord shares a truth with us, not only you children, but all of his children. And sometimes it's a really painful truth. In fact, every time. It can be a painful truth, but it's one of the best truths that God shares with us and does in our life because it makes us strong on the inside. How many of you love to be weak? Any volunteers to be super, super weak, like so weak you couldn't even walk? Anybody want to be that weak? How about so weak that you couldn't even pick this tool up? No, you don't want to be that weak? Okay. Well, Jesus doesn't want us to be weak either. And so he tells us that when we are feeling weak, then he makes us strong, he says in Corinthians. This is the word that I want to share with you. Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. He's the gardener. That's another word for being a gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, He is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. How many of you guys have seen tumbleweed? You know what tumbleweed is? 
those dried up branches that whenever a windy day comes along like yesterday and you drive down the highway, you see them rolling across the field. And sometimes they come across the road and right in front of your car and you hit them and what happens to them? Yeah, they just go push. They just split apart. You know why? Because they're completely dried out. And because they're so dried out, they break off of their stalk where they're planted and the wind just drives them away. And you know what oftentimes happens with them here in Colorado? Because we have a lot of farmers out in the country that put up fences, right? Because they, they have their cattle out in the field in the wintertime. You see them get caught up in the fences. Sometimes in the springtime, after a windy day, when I drive up 85, I see a lot of tumbleweed caught up in a fence. So much so you can't even see the fence. And guess what? If there's a nice calm day the next week, you know what I see when I drive up through there? The farmer is out there. He's taking all the tumbleweed off of his fence. And you know what he's doing with them? Burning them. That's the only thing you can do with them, right? You can't really bury them. It would take a huge hole if you buried them. So you just burn them, and they burn very quickly. So what Jesus is saying, and I'm going to illustrate this with this flower, is this is a really beautiful flower. Don't you think so? But wait, it's only February. We could have some cold, cold weather yet, even snow. And if this would be planted outside, don't you think that would be hard on these pretty flowers? I think so too. This is what Jesus is saying. If we stay, Jesus is is Jesus and we're like each one of us are like one of these little flowers now Jesus said when you start doing things that I tell you to do and it blesses your life that's really good right what are some things that we could do to obey Jesus that blesses our life and makes our dad and mom really happy what do you think yep obey your parents that's good and what happens? Yeah, you help them. Very good. And did, do what? That's right. Do your jobs properly. And sometimes when our parents tell us, go make friends, right? Become friends. Maybe they invite some new people over to the house. And your mommy or dad say, you should play games together with these friends. Go make friends. And many times... Good things like that happen in our life and we, get, we become best friends with them. It's a good thing. And Jesus looks at it and he says, oh, that's a really good friendship. But you know what I want to do? Jesus says, I want to do this. Ouch, there goes my friend. Maybe sometimes Jesus causes friendships like that to just move away. Some of your best friends move away. And now you don't see them hardly anymore. And you feel like this flower just came right off. But you know what happens when sometimes our best friends move away? Jesus becomes a better friend. Because we cry and we say, oh, why do they have to move? And then our daddy, mommy, they pray with us. 
and they help us make more new friends. But Jesus helps us with that pain. And we make more friends because the one best friend moved away. It's many things like that in our Christian life that when Jesus sees that we start blooming, he comes along because he's a good gardener and he just cuts it off. And he gives it to somebody else and he cuts that one off. And then this one. And then this one. This one you want? Okay, we'll take that one, cut it off. Jesus is a pruner. Here's, here's another one. Here, let Elias have one. He didn't get one yet, did he? Elias can have that one. We're just going to cut these nice, pretty flowers off. Now, we should ask Henry. Henry is an arborist. There we go. What happens, Henry, when we cut all these flowers off to this flower? Does it die? Oh, it dies, he said. Does it? It grows new ones. Ah, it grows new ones. The plant itself does not die. Did you know that? There's something that is almost like a miracle that happens to this. When we cut off these flowers, it pulls up a lot of energy from the roots. When you cut them off, the roots grow stronger, but you can't see that. All you see is the flowers. And that's what Jesus does to sometimes good things in our life. He wants to make us strong where we're weak. So he takes our strength, our prettiness, and he cuts it off. Something that was like a strength to us, he takes it away. So that he becomes our strength. Our roots go down in our inner man to obey his word. And we find comfort and strength and fellowship in Jesus Instead of just in each other. Now let's say. Here's what Jesus was saying. I'm going to pull this flower apart. This stem right here. is going to say. I'm done with that. I don't like all my pretty flowers pruned off. No, no, no. I'm going to keep this one. And that's, what do you think is going to happen to this one right now? It broke away. I'm running out of here. I'm out of here. I don't like that pruner with that big thing. That was mean. That doesn't feel good. I'm going to be by myself, grow my own flowers. What's going to happen to this day? He's going to die. Why? He left the flower pot. He's going to become a tumbleweed. No, that's right. This branch, if we left it right here until next Sunday, I'll leave it right here. Let's see what it, how it looks by next Sunday, okay? You're right. It's going to shrivel up and it's going to die. And that's what happens to our lives. If we say, Jesus, we don't like what you're cutting off in my life. And we jump out of the branch and we say, I'm done with you, Jesus. And we don't stay in here. Then we become tumbleweed and we ourselves get burned up. The end, our life just becomes wasted. But Jesus said, if you stay right there and let me be your gardener, you will grow strong in your life, your love for me, and you will grow new flowers. Sometime, I'm going to tell Katie to keep this flower and to water it. And maybe in a month or so, I'm going to bring it back to you and you'll see what it looks like. All right?
See how many new flowers are in it. So that's what Jesus was trying to teach us in John 15. You know, Jesus said these words just before he was crucified. Did you know that? It was the night before he died on the cross. And so he was trying to tell us, the disciples, see, he was going to go away. Hey, hang on, Caden, listen a little bit. Jesus was going to go away. And it wasn't going to be the same for the disciples anymore. And so he was trying to encourage them, don't leave me. Don't just run everybody back to your homes. You're my disciples and I love you. Trust in me. And I'll do something much more powerful in your lives. What do you think? Did Jesus do something more powerful in their lives? Yes, he did. And he will in our lives too. Blessings to you. You can go back. A song of praise for the Lord. Faithfulness to his people. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalms 100. Just ran across that this morning. I just thought I just feel uh, to be able to share that with you. Thanks for everyone for coming. Um, welcome to our, our visitors. Good to have you here with us. I know it's a little smaller group today, but God is good. Um, thanks, Anthony, for sharing the praise and worship this morning. Um, Thanks to Jeff back there. It, uh, I thought the sound this morning sounded very, very well. And uh, we've kind of, they've been kind of going through our tech system, trying to make some improvements and whatnot. And, amen. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Um, also, thanks, Phil, for sharing that children's lesson. That is so true. It's always amazing how, you know, not just for little children, it's for big children as well, God's children. Brother Henry will be sharing with us this morning from the Word. Um, also, just a few announcements. Uh, the Saturday morning prayer at 7 o'clock here. And also, this coming week is a week for the men's uh, book, The Heart of a Warrior, and scheduled at John's house at 6.30 on Wednesday night. Um, there's also at the very bottom, if you did make reservations to be at the gala at the resource uh, in the annual gala, um, maybe next weekend, I'm sure Faith or whoever have an address for that then for you guys, whoever's attending. Also, it's kind of very interesting to see uh, the uh, Carrie and Sarah and the youth. I'm sure a lot of you have seen those pictures. Looks like they're having a great time. I'm sure they would uh, continue to uh, appreciate our prayers. And so uh, I'm always trying to rack my brain up doing my math and calculation and, you know, the time difference. So I think I think it would be uh, 1, 1 o'clock in, in the morning over there. So, but anyway, I want to just bow our heads for a word of prayer and uh, we'll turn the time over to our, our brother. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your love and your goodness to us. We thank you for your faithfulness. 
Lord, I just want to, to lift up the uh, Carrie and Sarah and the youth over in Thailand. Lord, I just pray you be with them. Go before them, Lord, and just keep your angels over them. I just pray to continue to open doors for them. Lord, uh, just help them uh, to see your faithfulness in, in, in all of these things. Lord, I just want to lift up our brother to you this morning as he shares the word. Lord, just give him word to speak. Give us open hearts and minds to hear from you, Father. Thank you for your love. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. It's on. Boy, it's been a while since I've preached in a church. So I'm Henry. I think pretty much everybody here knows knows me. Uh, me and my wife have been coming here, I don't know, maybe eight months or so, something like that. Um, but I uh, met with Brother Tim and Phil maybe last week sometime, something like that. And uh, I was telling Phil that I went to a conference. Uh, I, anyway, I was telling Phil that uh, I went to a conference in Louisiana. Uh, I went to a conference in Louisiana uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, and I was just telling him about how it was a really good experience and some of the things that I learned while I was out there. And so he asked me to share about that. And... Uh, also, I had something really awesome happen yesterday. I was really looking forward to sharing uh, a story um, that happened yesterday. Um, let's see where I was going to start. So while I was praying about this, uh, what I was going to share this morning, uh, the Lord, he gave me kind of some some things to start on, or he gave me a place to start at. I'm going to set a timer for myself. So anyway, I wanted to ask you guys, um, can anybody, like, if I was a person on the street, I'm going to, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick somebody, so get ready. Get ready. Don't hide. If you hide, I'll pick you. So uh, let's ask uh, Ruth. You just you weren't, you weren't looking at me, so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so Ruth, I'm a person on the street. What would you tell me if I asked you, how do I get to heaven? Amen. That's that's good. Dwayne. How do I get to heaven? Pressure's on. That's part of it. 
Amen. Amen. Uh, we'll do one more victim. Uh, we won't attack the new people. My wife. <laughs> yes, sort of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a part of it. That's a part of it. So these are things that usually come to our mind. And as I was praying about what to share, uh, let me go back to my note. Um, what the Lord really laid on my heart to share this morning, um, if you want to turn to John chapter 17, so the Lord reminded me of what is, it's the, it's what we should always strive for if we're ever sharing the gospel. It's what we should strive to realize every day, to have a realization of this every day. Like, when, as we're going through our daily life, you know, we a lot of times will, like, ask ourselves, where is God? You know, I don't, I don't feel the presence of God. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting to what I learned in Louisiana, but I wanted to kind of set the stage for uh, the other things I was going to share. So, uh, in... in John chapter 17, verses 14 through 23. I'm just going to read them for you. John chapter 17, verses 14 through 23. So Jesus said, I have given them your word. And in, in this chapter, Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for the disciples, but it's, it's also a prayer for me and you it's a, it's a prayer for every convert, like the guy I talked to yesterday. Uh, he received the Lord as, as Savior and Lord, and Lord. You know, but why, why did that happen? And now what is God's will for him? You know, we get confused about what is God's will for us every day. And I'm about to read to you what is God's will for you every day. And so let me start here. I have given them your word. And this is Jesus talking to the Father. And the word and the world has hated them because they have, they have, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And then he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, that I also may be sanctified by the truth. And then in verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's talking about the disciples, and he's talking about us. He's talking about the guy that came to Christ yesterday. Those who believe through their word. So we're, we're, we're reading the words that John wrote here, 
and he was giving us Christ's word. And now we're ambassadors. John's he's he's in heaven. He's gone. Now we're ambassadors of of Christ here. We have Christ's word, and when we share that word to somebody else, we're sharing God's words with them. Uh, and then in uh, verse 21, he said, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the Lord, as I prayed about, I was praying about these verses this morning, the Lord just put it on my heart so strongly that like our every day, every time we're in the store, every time we're in prayer, our whole life, everything, everything, everything comes down to that, to share with the world, to represent Christ in the world that Christ has come. God has sent Christ to us and like going back to sharing the gospel you know like Ruth said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that's that's good I'm not trying to I'm not trying to down anybody I'm just telling you guys what what the Lord put on my heart to share with you that's truth you know and I'll tie it into uh, what what happened with that guy yesterday and like like, you know, when the presence comes, when you're sharing Christ with somebody, when, when they feel the presence, when they see God in their, heart, in, in their heart, is when Christ is glorified. And Christ always glorified God. And now our job is to glorify Christ. And, uh, you know, like the guy yesterday, it was, I might mess up my story here a little bit by saying this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so as I was talking to him, he starts weeping, and he and it was an awesome moment where he really, truly, I believed, encountered God. It wasn't like me sharing something. I mean, it was like straight from the Lord to him. It, yesterday was for him. His name was John, and uh, he, I mean, it was just an amazing encounter with the Lord. And uh, after we had talked a while, and it was even before we prayed to, for him to receive Christ, he said, is, is there some kind of like prayer I can just say to have that happen? Because he, he liked that. I mean, it was, he was really depressed, and it took that burden of depression off of him. And uh, like the Lord revealed to me, you know, in this verse, that's that's what we're sent here to do. And and when people realize Jesus was sent to the earth, He is not dead. He is. It's not just believe in some story about a guy. Maybe he existed. Jesus is alive. Amen. He's alive. He's really alive. Like he's alive. <laughs> He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And that's what the Lord just put on my heart over and over and over again. He just kept saying, he's alive. Jesus is alive. And when this guy believed on Christ, it wasn't to join a religion. It wasn't because I spoke such great words 
of my own understanding of the Bible and this and that, it was beyond the man. It was beyond the vessel. And that's our goal when we're sharing Christ. That's our goal as we live life is that people would, people would, it's like you step aside and people realize Christ, God is real. God is speaking to me. It's not this guy, you know, it's not this woman like, man, that was the Lord speaking exactly what I needed to hear. And that's what God is trying to partner with us to do is, is be able to speak through us. So, anyway, so yesterday, uh, like all week, we had kind of a rough week, and then Friday night was rough. Like, if you could see a little snapshot of when we went to bed, you would be like, Henry, are you even saved? (laughs) It was bad. It was so bad, and I was going to go to prayer the next morning. This is Friday night, and so... uh, I went to bed all discouraged and everything. Thank you. I I went to bed all discouraged and didn't sleep very good. Leah didn't sleep very good. Lucy didn't sleep very good. It was just all bad. And the the night before, I had been scrolling on Facebook and I found some rope that was for sale. Uh, and somebody was selling some rope and I had forgotten all about it. Forget it. You know, I'm not gonna go get stupid rope. And I'm, I'm you know. I just wanted to sleep in, basically, forget, forget about the night. And so I said in the middle of the night, I I turned off my alarm because I was mad. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go to prayer, you're going to wake me up because I don't care. And so I'm I'm not not saying do this as an example. (laughs) Don't do this, (laughs) you know. But uh, so I woke up at 5.55 and I'm like, oh, well. And, and all that discouragement and stuff, you know, it was still kind of lingering, but it wasn't so much. It wasn't so intense. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to prayer. So I go to prayer, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't, like, very hopeful. <laughs> I still had my same filter. I was happy, you know, but I was still not feeling the greatest. And so uh, all of a sudden it popped into my mind. We were all ready to, almost ready to leave here. And I said, oh, I got to get that rope. And so I I messaged a guy and he texted me back right away, which is like amazing. On Facebook, people don't message you back for a while. But he messaged back right away and he said, yeah, come get it. So he sent me his address and it's in Longmont. I'm like, I didn't want to go down there. Um... So, so I go down there, and I'm about 10 minutes away from this guy's house, and I am not, like, in evangelism mode at all. I am not thinking about God. I am thinking I'm going to get this rope, and I'm going home, and that was all there is to it. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God came into my car, and I was like, whoa, like, I asked I don't know if I was asking myself or asking God, but I was like, am I going to die? <laughs> like, this is, this is different, and I did not ask for this, and I was not praying. But like the presence of God, I was like, wow, this is, this is nice. And I was like almost weeping. 
in the car, and then I was like, then I thought of the guy, and it was like, it must have been the Lord speaking to me, and I was like, okay, well, I must be going to witness to this guy, I guess. And so uh, I get there, and we talk a little bit, and I ask the guy why he's selling the rope, and he just goes into this long, just depression story. And I said, do you know why all this is happening? And that's when the Lord, like, I mean, I just gave this guy, I call it a heavenly download. Because it was like, all this has happened to bring you to this point right here where where you are down in a low spot. And the Lord wants to do something great in your heart. And he wants to save you. And he, and I mean, I went through... Why Jesus came, uh, the resurrection, and how, how Jesus died on the cross. I mean, I went through the whole gospel. It was like automatic out of my mouth so fast. And the presence of God came down on us. And this guy is just sitting there, and he's just weeping. And I'm, I'm talking to him, and I'm almost weeping. And... Uh, like, it, you know, the, the Lord kind of lifted, and, and we talked about other stuff. And then before I, before I left, we talked again about God, and that's when he received Christ. Uh, but it was just like, wow, <laughs> amazing to not ask. I wasn't asking God to move. He just moved. And uh, I was so shocked when I left, I was like, man, this is, you know, what was that? (laughs) Uh, You know, but anyway, um, so All for Christ University, that was the week-long conference that I went to, and that conference was really about, like, just what I said at the beginning is for people to not see you, but see Christ. And in the body of Christ today, uh, we have, and, and just in our Christian walk, we have a battle with the flesh. And the battle is always raging. Our, our flesh and our pride always wants to take over. It's just constantly wanting to be glorified. And so... Christ has us, like one of the things I learned while I was there is, you know, you start, uh, you start your salvation and that's where most of us are at. I hope all, but you don't know, <laughs> but you start your salvation with God and you are justified with the father. Jesus is at the right hand of the father right now and he, he is interceding for us on earth right now, but he is also a witness to our life, and the Holy Spirit is down here with us. He's living in us, and he is revealing Christ's word to us so that he can speak through us into the world about Christ, so he can testify about Christ. And so uh, I guess one of the... Like the biggest takeaways from from that was to to understand that your salvation, like God is working out our salvation. And I think we, I know what we do is we take it upon ourselves and say, God, 
I'm, I'm going to work this out instead of saying, God, I need you to come into the situation and work it out. You, you need to work out this thing in me. And that's like, I've been confused about that in my Christian walk for a long time. And I can see, like, the comforting thing, one of, one of the most comforting things that I learned is that, like, we have to keep returning to God and asking Him to help us. You know, it's, it's not like we are alone, but it's, it's asking God to change us on the inside. And a lot of times we forget because we're not in the Word and we're not in prayer. But why we're not in the Word and why we're not in prayer is pride. It's because we, we feel like we have to do this by ourselves. And so we don't come to God and say, I, I cannot do this. And that's what God is wanting from us is for us to constantly come and say, I, I cannot do this but I want you to do this in me, Lord. I want to follow you. I want you to live through my life. And we get confused because we think it's us. We think because we haven't felt the presence of God since last Sunday or we haven't felt the presence of God for a while that God has stopped. And God is, you know, withdrawn from us because we've done something wrong. I've done this thing, I've done that thing, and he's w- withdrawn from me. And and to a, to a certain point, like, if God's presence was just with you all the time, you would, you would never know when something is wrong. So, like, you know, that uncomfortable feeling, that's good. It's good to be uncomfortable when you've done something you know is wrong. But that doesn't mean God has forsaken you. God is God is the one that turns our heart around, and so um, we can go to Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven, and and you know it's like you have these great times in prayer, but it always comes out different when you're talking to people. <laughs> it always comes out different. Uh, but like there's different places and, and like Paul the Apostle, what he was sharing, you know, this is what, if we could just retain this in our memory, retain this in our, in our everyday life, that, you know, God has brought us into his family. God has brought us in and you are a part of the work that God is doing. It's not yours. It's all of his work and he has chosen you for his purpose and for his plan for your life and you are special you're a special part of his plan you're a part of somebody else's coming to Christ you're a part of that so you're it's like you're not any less important to God's plan and God what God is doing in the earth than Pastor Phil or Pastor Seth in the back, anybody, everybody is a part of what God is doing. And for us to to be used by God, we have to be proclaiming God and we try to do it in our own strength. But like what happened yesterday, God, I believe that was God giving me an example, giving us an example 
you know, I will come down. He's saying, I will come down and I will use you like that. And you won't have to worry about the words. I never had to worry. I mean, I wasn't thinking, you know, all the, the gospel and the resurrection. and It just came out automatic. The Lord gave me those words. And I believe that's what he'll do with us. He'll give us the gospel to share and it won't be difficult it won't be confusing it will just be the straight love of god you know and and like what god put on my heart to share we're going to read verses 7 through 6 or oh, not 7 uh we're going to be read chapter 7 in romans romans chapter 7 verses 1 through 6 uh but paul is talking talking to uh, you know, these believers and the constant struggle. Like if you see, like it was the same from when Jesus was here and through the apostles, it's the same now. The struggle is going back to earning favor with God and earning salvation. And when we're preaching the gospel and we put somebody under the law, the law doesn't produce righteousness the Holy Spirit is not coming to preach law. He is coming to preach Christ, and the law becomes a part of your heart. You know right from wrong when the Holy Spirit is in you, but when we're preaching a dead gospel that has no fire on it, there's nothing on that gospel, is when we're preaching something that's not inspired. And... You know, we we feel like we got to, if I just preach the gospel more, if I just shared more, if I just did more, and God is, like, Anthony just about spoke the entire sermon here when he was talking up there, but you guys, I don't know if you guys really realize that. Uh, like, if you could go back and listen to this and then listen to what Anthony said when he was up there, <laughs> it was this, basically the same exact thing in different words. It is amazing how God is speaking to us. He is speaking, you know, but he's speaking of Christ. Uh, so anyway, uh, chapter 7. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those of you who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound to the law of her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband so then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the, that law so that she is not an adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of that because I feel like I should move on. But um, anyway, what Paul is getting at is that, like when when Christ died, you know, he died. He when Christ died, we died with him, and. That was kind of like a part of the stuff I learned there. Like there was so much 
that you could go through and share there, but I tried to get like just the nugget, you know, just the nugget, just something like if we could just take away one thing this morning, you know, there's there's so many so many things, but uh, like you know, one of the things I learned there is when Christ came to earth and he died on the cross, um, he died as us. He died in our place. And now us, like, we, we still think that we have to earn something with God, earn something before God. But what, the, what, what God sees when he looks down here is he is seeing Christ he sees Christ in you, and you are forgiven. Like the 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 slate is clean. Christ is you are like forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. But we think, well, I've done this and I've done that, and what Christ is trying to guide us back to is you are forgiven, and then my presence, my works through you. He's the one that works righteousness through your life. So when we're trying to, you know, it's not like you are totally off the hook and don't have to try, but where does the power to try and the power to overcome sin come from? It comes from Christ in me, that by by faith I believe that I was crucified with Christ, like Paul the Apostle said. I've been crucified with Christ I don't live now. It's Christ that lives in me. And Christ is living through us. And through Christ, you know, we do the works of God. But we just constantly get it backwards. Like, I got to do the works of God or else the presence of God is not going to come. And we, what we need to do is start saying, God, thank you for the cross and glorifying Jesus in our own private prayer time and believing that Jesus really is alive. Like what happened yesterday, you couldn't dream that up. You couldn't you couldn't work that up. It, you know, I was having a bad night. I had a I had a like a hard week and a hard night and then God just does that. That is his sign to us. It was his sign to me. It was his his sign to you that God wants to do these things through your life and he can use you like that and it'll be, you know, you won't be able to keep the word in. It's so wonderful when it's Christ doing it. And, and so I think I'm, I'm about out of time. There was a lot more that I could share, but anyway, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brother Henry, for sharing that. A testimony and, and, and just God working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, as Ephesians puts it. It reminded me of the words in John 7 where Jesus said, verse 37, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, it was packed full. The temple was packed full in this great big day. People all over the place. And Jesus, I want you to get this picture. They weren't there to celebrate Jesus. They were there for their Jewish feast. To do their righteous deeds before God to get his favor. And Jesus is there. And all of a sudden he just yells out into the crowd these words. 
saying? Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And here's what's going to happen. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. You're thirsty? Just come to me. And that's what Brother Henry did in the car. Right? You felt the presence of God and you just, you didn't resist him. You just open up your heart. And he does it. Out of your innermost being, his words flow through you like a mighty rushing river for the saving of that man's soul. I was just blessed. So thank you, brother, for sharing that word. I also ask brother, brother Seth is a, is a brother who's pastoring a small church there in Wellington. And um, Henry had told me about uh, Seth and, and the church there. I think you guys go there Saturday nights uh, sometimes. And, and it was through that connection that Henry went to uh, the conference. So I asked Brother Seth if he would come up and just kind of share a little bit with us what the Lord is doing with them uh, there in Wellington. So uh, thank you, brother. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Thank you, Henry. And uh, it is just good to be in the house of the Lord. It's the body of Christ is beautiful wherever you go. Um, I just got back from the Philippines, and it was beautiful to be on the other side of the world and to walk into the house of God and feel right at home because the presence of God was there and to worship together. It's beautiful. So one thing I'm learning and God is teaching us is we are on the same team. So many times pastors and churches they look inside their walls, and they don't look outward. And they care deeply about what happens inside their church. And they love the people in the church. But when it comes to the other churches, oh, that's them over there. That's their thing. That's what God's doing over there. And God is saying, no, this is what I want to do among my people. And so it's just beautiful. God is connecting us with so many pastors and leaders, and it's really beautiful. Um, our church really started, I call it by accident, but we know that's not the truth. Um, it just happened during the beginning of COVID when our church shut down and we just welcomed people into our home and then it grew from there. God put on our hearts to become ministers to people. And I'm just a general contractor by trade and uh, he had different plans for me and my wife and, and others in the church there. And so it's been a beautiful walk over the last couple of years as we walked in just what God's called us to do. And I want to share, how much time do I have? I want to, I want to respect. Okay, perfect. So this is one thing God has shown me. And it's, I want to say, it's very interesting, everything I've heard this morning, because God woke me up this morning and said, go print out this little message and then modified it slightly. And I had no intention, I'm going to a new church. Why would I be up here? And yet here I am. And so to listen to the Lord in these moments like Henry did, Amen. I'm just learning to follow and trust that. And so what I want to share with you is a quick message out of Exodus. It's Exodus 3. I'm going to paraphrase and summarize that, and then we'll start in chapter 4, verse 1 in just a moment. This is back when Moses, if you know the story, he's out. He's a shepherd. He's no longer high upon a throne He's banished because he has killed somebody trying to stand up for his people. And he's out in the desert, 
and the Lord comes to him in a burning bush and calls him back to go save his people. And he's resisting. He's like, God, I am not qualified. Send somebody else. And yet God comes to him, and he's just, he won't let him go. He won't let him walk away. So then, a little bit later on, uh, let's go ahead and just start in verse uh, 4, verse 1. It says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And if you know what the shepherds held in their hand, it was a rod. It was a staff. And the Lord said, Throw it down. And if you think about what that would have meant to Moses, a shepherd of 40 years, it represented everything to a shepherd. It was his protection against wild animals. It was his walking stick. He would go and get the sheep out of the bushes with it. It was a tool. And on that rod, there would be a wear mark where he had carried that for years and years and years that fit his hand perfectly. And yet the Lord was asking to throw it on the ground, to give it up. And Moses had a decision to make. This is my comfort. This is what I hold on to. And yet he obeyed the Lord and he threw it on the ground. And what did the Lord do then? It turned into a snake. Now, normally, if it turned into a snake, what would he do? The Lord said, pick it up. Well, if I had my rod, I could. I could defend myself, but I'd have nothing but you, Lord. Now you're asking me to obey you and pick up the snake? So he picks up the snake, and what does it do? Turns back into the staff, turns back into the rod. And in Scripture, if you notice, all the way up to this point, it's called the rod of Moses, the staff of Moses. But from that day forward, it becomes the rod of God because it represents the power of God in Moses' life and what he's preparing him to go do, to go back and face Pharaoh. And he knows the magicians are going to have their snakes. And yet Moses, he's preparing Moses' heart and showing, I am more powerful than them. Your snake is going to eat their snakes. And so I believe as Christians, we hold on to these things that are comfortable. I've grown up in the church since I was a baby, all the way through, praise God. I had parents that loved the Lord. But yet I hold on to these things that are comfortable. And God is saying, throw it down. I want to come and do something in your life. But you've got to die first. I'm not looking for your talent. His brother spoke earlier here, worship. I'm not looking at what you can bring to me. I'm looking for an empty vessel to come and to fill you. I want you to imagine for a second here that I've got a clear glass right here and I've got a big pitcher of water. And that glass represents our life, our vessel. And we, we put a bunch of junk in it. We're good at filling our cup with stuff of us, of the world. And God wants us to dump that thing out upside down and present it before the Lord as an empty vessel. And then he wants to take that big pitcher full of water 
And he wants to fill that cup up all the way to the brim. And then he stops right there. And we've experienced that as Christians, those moments. We feel the presence of God. We feel so full and so amazed in his presence. And we don't want to leave that moment for good reason. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And wouldn't it be amazing if God even just stopped there? But praise God, he doesn't. He continues to pour once we're full. And that cup starts to overflow to a man down there who's selling rope. Because Henry was being able to be used as a vessel. Henry, if you had not spent time with the Lord and presented yourself before God and focused on the things above, that moment you weren't feeling very godly. But God knew your heart and he knew your willingness. And when we present an open vessel for the Lord, a willingness, he will come in and he will fill us to overflowing to a world around us. And that's a beautiful picture of what he wants to do. Praise God. So that's my heart, is to die to myself. And it's something we have to do. I wish it was a one and done thing. I wish we could be filled and walk from here on through the rest of life always in his presence. But he wants us to draw close to him regularly. He wants us to be desperate for him and to remain in that. And that's what keeps us coming back for more. It keeps us desperate and close to him. Can we pray here? Lord God, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the love that you have for your church and us as your people. God, we thank you for your heart, the things that you are willing to come into our lives and to wash us clean. God, when we're willing to die to you, you give us new life. You resurrect us into your image. God, we thank you for the grace that you have. We thank you for your patience. God, some of us struggle for decades. And we can't figure out why we're not making headway in our faith. God, and I believe you want to come and restore. And you want to give us new life. So God, I pray for the people in this church today. God, would you draw us unto you? God, from this day forward, would they see the fruit that comes from surrender to you? And would you bless this church in a mighty way? 
We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Let's pray together for Seth. Can we just pray together for his ministry there and the church in Wellington? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, our dear heavenly Father. Lord Jesus, you are the head of the church and you call all of us into the fields that are ripe and ready to harvest, to labor, to plant, to sow, and to harvest. And I thank you for, uh, for the word that our brother shared with us here today, for his willingness to come and worship with us here today, Lord, and to share this living word with us. Would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon him and his wife and their family and the church there in Wellington? I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make them a blessing and continue to let rivers of living water flow out of their lives, even our weaknesses, so that you can be glorified and save souls. Thank you for connecting us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to share a couple of things that stood out to me. Deuteronomy 4 there. When that rod turned into a snake, it says Moses fled from it. He was scared of snakes. The thing you fear the most will be the sign that the Lord is with you. Think about that. He asked the Lord for a sign. That was the sign the Lord gave him. And then the Lord told him to do a crazy, crazy thing, something your parents will always tell you not to do. If you do come to pick up a snake, how do you pick it up? Most certainly not by its tail. You, you will be bit. That snake will bite you so fast you don't know what happened, right? You don't come and pick it up by its tail. Woo! Its head will spin around and get you. That's what the Lord told him to do. Pick it up by its tail. You always try to get a snake with a stick right behind its neck so it can't bite you. Do you notice how the Lord proved to Moses that he was God? It was in his weakness, his fear of snakes, and then to do something that would bite him. But he had to trust God. And go pick it up by its tail. And it turned into his rod. That was God's sign. And I thought about Henry's testimony. And so often how the Lord does it in my life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Lord told Apostle Paul. In your weakness I am made strong. It's not because we are having a good day. We really had close fellowship with Jesus that morning. And then. Everybody comes knocking on our door to hear the gospel. That's usually not how it works. Henry, your testimony is very common to all of us. Right? It's when we're having a bad day that Jesus saves a soul through us. It's in our weakness that he says, go pick up the snake. I'm with you. And I'll share my word through you so that you for sure know it wasn't anything you did that saved that person's soul. It was me through you. So thank you, brothers, for sharing that. Brother Dave, I'll let you close. Thanks, brethren, for that this morning. I very much sense the presence of God here this morning. One thing, Brother Henry, you were sharing it. Uh, a scripture came to my mind at Mark 13, verse 11. 
and it's something of scriptures that's always been with me for many, many years, is I know what he was referring to is basically when you're taking the court, etc. Don't worry, don't premeditate on what you're going to say, and it's the holy. It, forget exactly the wording there, but it's basically what the Holy Spirit is giving you in that hour were to speak it. And it's not we of ourselves, but it's but it's of him. Amen. Well that's just a scripture that came to my mind. Anyway, thanks again for coming. Um here at the close of the service we do have a new meal, so feel free to hang around and participate in that. I want to just bow our head for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your love and your goodness, Lord, and just thank you for your presence, for your Holy Spirit, and being here in our midst this very morning. Lord, I just pray that um, as we go from here, go throughout this week, there's times we might not be very Christ, feel very Christ-like in our, our of ourselves, but like Brother Henry shared, Lord, that... Um, as opportunities come, Lord, that we be faithful in sharing your word and your love with those around us. Thank you, Father, for the physical food that's been prepared. Bless it to our bodies, Father. Bless our time uh, together around these tables as we fellowship. Lord, that your name would be honored and glorified. Again, I just pray with our youth and uh, Carrie and Sarita, Lord, as they um, face this new week. Lord, as you go out and do your work in the children's home or whatever they do, Lord, that your hand be in their midst, and Lord, that your name would be honored and glorified. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. You're dismissed.